Hi, this is Nathan. Before we get to the episode, I want to invite you to join me on an incredible adventure this November of 2024. I am taking a small group of believers to Turkey, what the New Testament called Asia Minor, for a 12-day Bible study tour of the early church. We'll be studying the book of Acts and many of the epistles on location as we visit ancient cities like Ephesus, Laodicea, Heropolis, Antioch, Pergamum, and many more. If you are interested in joining me this November for a once-in-a-lifetime adventure as we study where much of the New Testament and early church took place, you can learn more by going to deeperchristian.com forward slash turkey. And if you're interested, don't delay. Spots are limited and on a first-come, first-served basis, and a $100 discount is available if you register before May 27th. I do hope you can join me. And again, more information is available at deeperchristian.com forward slash turkey. Now, here's the episode. Welcome to episode 218 of the Deeper Christian Podcast. This is the podcast to help you study God's word, know Jesus intimately, and discover how you can build your life around Jesus Christ. I'm Nathan Johnson, and in today's episode, I want to talk about Jesus being the Logos, the Word of God. Let's dive in. You've no doubt heard that statement in John chapter 1, verse 1, where it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Logos, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I love that statement. Of course, it's hearkening back to Genesis chapter 1 about this idea of in the beginning was God. And I love what John is saying here. He's saying that in the very beginning was the word, the and the Greek word is logos. And he's referring to Jesus. Jesus is the word of God. And he goes on and he says in verse 2 that he was in the beginning with God and all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. If you jump down to verse 14, he goes on and says that word, the word, the logos became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. Isn't it an amazing thought that Jesus is the word of God? Of course, there's a whole bunch of ways that we could examine and look at that idea But for the sake of the discussion, at least today, I want to look at just one aspect of this idea of Jesus being the Logos or the Word. Now, if you grab your Bible, we would say that you are holding the Word of God in text. That it is, in fact, the very words of God. That God spoke this thing. That men were carried along by the Holy Spirit and they wrote what God was inspiring them to say. That this wasn't just man's word to man. These are the very words of God. And what we see in Jesus is that he is that word of God made flesh. So if you want to think of it this way as an illustration, if you took the word, the Old Testament, the word, and you clothed it with some flesh, you would have the person of Jesus. And I've often said this on the podcast, but everything in the Old Testament is pointing to the reality of Jesus and his work upon the cross. You get that same idea in the book of Hebrews. Uh, There's a famous passage that you probably know well, which is Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. 
and it says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Now, usually when I hear someone referring to Hebrews 4.12, it's in reference to the idea of the Bible. It's the word of God that the word of God, the Bible, is living and active and sharper than a double-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit. And that is true, that the word of God is a, is a sword. In fact, Paul uses that language in Ephesians chapter 6. That it is a scalpel, if you will, that is making a surgery uh, incision in our lives. It is to tear us up. Why? To bring about life and sanctification. And yet it is interesting as you look at Hebrews chapter 4, that as you continue on in the chapter, it actually seems like it's not referring to scripture itself as much as the word of God, the logos, Jesus. The next verse says, and there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And then it says in verse 14, seeing then we have such a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession. So it seems like even in the context of Hebrews chapter four, that what the word of God is referring to is not so much the scriptures, though that is true as well. It's referring to the word of God, the logos, Jesus, that Jesus, get this, is living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of thoughts and the intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. What an incredible thought that as you look at Hebrews 4.12, that yes, it is referring to scripture, the Bible, but more so in context, it's referring to Jesus, who is the word of God. As you come into Revelation chapter 19, there's this incredible picture of Jesus coming in this overwhelming position of victory and triumph. He, he's seen in verse 11, coming on a white horse and he who sat on him, his name is called faithful and true and in truth and in righteousness, he judges and makes war. But as you come down to verse 13, it says that he is clothed with a robe that's dipped in blood and get this, his name is called the word of God. That Jesus's name is the word of God. Again, it's hearkening back to John chapter one. So what does all this mean? Do you realize that Jesus is the word made flesh? I love what Jesus says in Matthew chapter five. He's started this incredible message called the Sermon on the Mount. He's gotten done with the, uh, the Beatitudes and he, he's talking about the law and the prophets. He's speaking of the Old Testament. Uh, the, the language, the law and the prophets is, is a terminology that Jews would often use to refer to the entirety of the Old Testament. And he says, do not think that I've come to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. And that word fulfill literally means to like fill up. In other words, he hasn't come to remove the law and the prophets. The Old Testament isn't removed in the life of a New Testament believer. Well, well what happened to the Old Testament? Well, the Old Testament has been filled up. It has been revealed. It has come to its climactic conclusion in the person of Jesus, that Jesus is the fullness of the Old Testament. And again, I keep saying this 
on this podcast, but no matter where you look in the Old Testament, you see Jesus as the fulfillment, the fruition, the climactic reality of the entirety of the Old Testament. So as we're talking about this idea that Jesus is the word of God, one of the ways that we often talk about it is, is the fivefold reality of the word of God, that the word of God in text is a revelation of that word of God in person, Jesus. So the Bible is revealing the reality of the word, the logos in flesh, speaking of Jesus and what he did in action, that word of God in action, which is all about the cross. So you have this like trifecta, if you want to call it that, and say it's the word of God in text, revealing the word of God in person and that word of God in action. That the Bible, the entirety of scripture is all about one single theme. It's Jesus and his work upon the cross. Now that does kind of lead into two other realities of the word of God. And it's the fact that it's the word of God in us. That the whole reality of what God is doing at the cross is not just merely our forgiveness, as incredible as that is. But as William Law said, the purpose of the cross wasn't just forgiveness. The purpose of the cross was Pentecost. That the word of God, the life of Jesus, wanted to get inside your life through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And Paul says, now your life is in Christ. 30 times in the first three chapters of Ephesians, Paul says that our position is, is in Christ, in him, in whom? And over and over, 30 times in those first three chapters, he's talking about your position and that you as a Christian are to be seated in Christ, that your whole life is to flow from the position of you being in him. And then there's this reality of the word of God through us, which is the fifth one, that Here's the word of God in us, the the Holy Spirit, and now he wants to take your life and do something through you that would demonstrate his life, his love, his truth, his gospel, the reality of who God is. So think about this in terms of who Jesus is. There's this fivefold reality of the word of God. And again, this is just terminology. This is not, uh, nowhere in the Bible does it say there's five points of the word of God. It's just an easy way to talk through This phenomenal concept of Jesus being the Logos, the Word of God. Again, we have the Word of God in text, the Bible, showcasing the Word of God in person, Jesus, and the Word of God in action, his work upon a cross. And the whole purpose of what the Bible is talking about that person and his action is so that that Word, Jesus, could actually come and indwell our lives. It's the Word of God in us through the indwelling of his Holy Spirit. And then the outflow of that is that he wants to use your life as a demonstration of him. That when the world looks at you, they shouldn't see you, they should see him. And it's the word of God through us. Well, we could probably spend hours talking about the incredible reality of Jesus being the Logos, the word of God. In fact, if you want one other little fun teaser that I would encourage you to study out at some point, notice how often in the Old Testament it mentions the phrase, the word of God came to so-and-so. For example, the word of God came to Jeremiah and said, the word of God came to Amos and said, and here's all these prophets where the word of God came to them. In fact, my favorite one of all those is the word of God came to Nathan and said, love that one. (laughs) Uh, Okay, I'm biased, but I really like it. It is interesting when you look at the Hebrew of that word of God, It's not talking about like a verbal word. It's not talking about just a message. 
came to the prophet Jeremiah and he wrote it down. It seems like in Hebrew, and this is what I've gotten from some Hebrew scholars, they say that the emphasis in the Hebrew is that the word of God is not like a voice or it's not a message. It's actually a person that there's this person called the word of God who came to Jeremiah and spoke. Well, what is it referring to? Well, it's referring to Jesus. Again, he is the climactic focus of all of scripture. And again, we can spend hours just talking about this incredible reality of Jesus being the word. But can I encourage you? What would it look like if you fully embraced Jesus as the word? What if we came to scripture and realized that all of scripture is a revelation of Jesus? That whether I'm looking at Genesis or whether I'm going all the way to the end through the maps, all of it, including the maps, the geography, is a revelation of Jesus himself. He is that word of God made flesh. And I really believe that if you would grab a hold of that idea, that the, the scriptures are not just some good moral lessons, it's not just some great commands for you to obey. Rather, it is a revelation of a person. His name is Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the creator of the universe and the lover of our souls. If you would understand and wrap your mind around that idea, the word of God would come alive in text. The Bible would come alive because it showcases that word of God in person. And the more I want to get to know the person, I've got to be in the text. And again, there's this incredible connection between me getting into the text, the word of God in text, and somehow that in enabling me to grab a hold of and understand and have greater intimacy with that word of God in person. So if you want greater intimacy, greater relationship with Jesus, can I encourage you to be a man or a woman of the word of God in text? So as you come into this next week, could I encourage you as you get into the word, as you spend time in your devotions or as you're reading through scripture or as you're studying, would you remember that all of this points to the person Jesus? And what if your hunger and your desire wasn't just to do devotions? It wasn't just to check it off a list. What if you came to the word and said, Lord, I want to get to know you. You are this word made flesh. You are the logos. So would you come and as Hebrews 4.12 says, would you be living and powerful, active in my life? Would you be sharper than a double-edged sword? And would you do your deep, passionate work in my life so that I would be sanctified? And as Romans 8.29 says, that I would be conformed to the image of Christ. Wow, what an amazing reality. Well, it's just a short reminder, but I wanted you to ponder that afresh because as we're coming into this month, I want you to behold Jesus on a whole nother level. I want him to be just the delight of your life, the throb of your heart, and the very focus of your every moment of your every day. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Deeper Christian Podcast. For show notes of this episode, please visit deeperchristian.com forward slash 218 for episode 218. And if you've enjoyed this podcast thus far, can I encourage you to go to whatever app that you listen to it on? And would you leave a rating and a review that really helps those podcast apps know what to recommend to other people? So if you think other people should be listening to the Deeper Christian Podcast, and I hope you do, <laughs> could you leave a rating and review? That'd be a huge blessing to me. Well, until next time, know I am cheering you on and I'm praying for you as you build your life around the Logos, the Word of God Himself, Jesus Christ. 
See you next time.